We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. Oh, oh my goodness! Stunning! With the... Devontae Deep! Oh my goodness! Oh, I don't believe it! A 35-minute stop it! Just stop it already! All right, everyone. Welcome into another Buzz Beat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. On today's episode, we'll be breaking down Keon Johnson, wing from Tennessee, If you want to watch the video version of this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash buzzbeat, and we will post the YouTube video there. That will also be linked in the notes of this episode. Before we dive into this episode, I want to give you guys a heads up of some of the content that is coming your way. It's, It's fairly busy. But if you want to take notes, you can. On Friday, you guys will receive a Isaiah Jackson podcast. And if you are a Buy Me a Coffee supporter, you will receive a Scotty Barnes and Trey Mann video on Friday as well. So in addition to this Keon Johnson podcast that you're getting right now as you're listening to it, uh, we do have a lot more prospect talk and conversation coming your way. And then on Monday, July 5th, you will receive a Trey Mann podcast, which will come to you in your favorite podcasting platform. So the way that this podcast, this episode is going to work, we are going to profile Keon Johnson from Tennessee. We're going to talk about his you know, statistical profile, his offense, his defense, his strengths, his weaknesses, and then we'll wrap it up with a potential fit with Charlotte. So, Spencer, I have you in on a phone call right now. We've done this before. You're probably getting better at calling and talking at the same time. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. So, yeah, obviously the plan was for me to be in front of a computer uh, screen looking at you guys, but it didn't work out that way. But it's nice to have a workaround so I can still exercise my draft, draft prospect uh, addiction, I guess, this time of year here with you guys. Yes, and we hear the cars in the background as well. So, <laughs> Brian, how's it going? <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. Um, this is reminding me uh, last, like, couple months or, yeah, a month ago. Uh, I was a friend of mine was in the car with me. We were making a, a drive from Raleigh to visit a friend of ours in Greensboro. And she had to take a, a work call while I was driving. And 
trying to leave Raleigh in like early rush hour traffic while someone else was on a work call with, with friends. And like every time I just switch lanes, feeling like I was going to make it too noisy on the call to get the, in, you know, yeah, my friend's going to lose her job or whatever because uh, she decided to take a work call in a very noisy car uh, at the wrong day. But I don't think we're going to have any of those interference concerns uh, with Spencer. And yeah, I can't wait to talk Keon today. This will be a, f- a fun prospect to go over. All right, let's jump into this. We want to give you guys a bite-sized profile where we spend some time talking about Keon, like Brian says. But we're, we're going to try to shoot for 15 20 minutes, 25 minutes max. Uh, We just want to hit the high points with this guy. So we're going to go ahead and start with him with a statistical profile, 19 years old, freshman out of Tennessee. Some counting stats for you guys, 11.2 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, and 1.1 steals. His shooting numbers, 49.2% from two, 27.1% on three-point shots, and had a true shooting percentage of 57.6%. The thing that jumps off to most people when they watch this guy is his build, his athletic profile, 6'4", 185. It's the most noticeable thing is the fact that he can get up off the court. Very explosive. I believe he set a record at the combine for his vertical of 48 inches. And then when we're talking about his strengths, I think it makes sense to start with this defense, but I'm actually going to start with his offense. Uh, by, by the way, we may need to put an asterisk by that that vertical leap. Like Keon is obviously uh, uh, very explosive, yeah. but there were some people wondering if maybe he tanked his standing reach measurement mm. so that then he could uh, come in with a higher vertical leap. But the point remains, uh, he he's, a, he's a special. Yeah, he jumps very, very high, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so defensively, like I said, it's probably where most of his strengths lie, but I do want to start offensively. He's a downhill attacker, a guy that's a beast in transition. He's also very good at cutting. And I think that's the one thing that is going to kind of be the one thing that you can point to right away that he should be good at uh, on the NBA level and to make an immediate impact, whether that's cutting back door, whether that is cutting from the dunker spot. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of his, you know, his assets on the offensive side of the court. Not his biggest strength by any means on the offensive side, but I do think that he has that ability to pull up in the mid-range area in a very controlled manner. Uh, it's something that I think, you know, his three-point shot doesn't seem like it's going to translate right away, but I think that maybe his mid-range pull-up can. And we talk about his explosiveness and his ability to get up off the court. I think teams have to respect his burst and his and his rim pressure. So by teams backing off and sagging under screens, he's going to have that ability to pull up in the mid range. So, Spencer, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you first. I know I only focused on the offensive side, but you can hit either side of the court with this guy, or just really anything that you want to hit on. What has impressed you the most uh, at a Keon? Yeah, I think it's just defense. I mean, I. You know, I, I do think he's a, like a one-of-one one kind of athlete. I mean, very explosive athlete. And sometimes with those guys, and we learned this with Miles Bridges, you know, they don't really develop at an early age the ability to get in the stance, to move their feet, to play real active defense. They rely on their athleticism a lot to recover in plays. And that's not really what I see from Keon on tape. He actually is pretty astute. You know, and getting to his dance, he's got pretty good feet. I mean, could he do better in that area? Yeah, there's room for improvement. But I'm really, really impressed 
with his attention to detail on that end of the floor, considering of how and how much he has been able to get away with because of that athleticism, you know, in his basketball career up to 19 years old. So I think he's, I mean, the way he flies around screens, uh, gets around ball screens, the way he keeps the ball in front, the way he can, I think he's going to be a good chase defender, you know, with, with you know, movement shooters, running off baseline screens, things like that. Like, I think he, he is a very versatile wing defender, albeit a little undersized, sure. But, you know, I had tweeted this out, I think, uh, late last week. He's a perfect kind of defender, for, in my opinion, to go up against a guy like Trey Young. You, you know, like, force that first pass and then ball denial. He is a 1A ball denial type of defender, you know, with these very high-usage point guards you see more of in the NBA right now. So there are a lot of questions on the offensive end. There's no question. I mean, there's, like, there's no disregarding that. But I am very, very impressed with his defensive utility. I think you can use him that way on day one in the NBA. And look, he's 19 years old. So, like, the skill development on the offensive end, bringing the the jump shot along, which it has a long ways to go, but I don't think it's broken. I don't think his mechanics are that bad. They're just a little slow and choppy. You know, I think there's some pretty real upside with Keon Johnson, although all the things you're going to hear about – Offensive struggles, the game question marks are all warranted. No question about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like I like him a good bit. I do think Keon is a, is a lottery prospect and should be drafted somewhere in the top fourteen, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, agreed. There, Keon is is safely, and uh, I'm maybe not safely, but he's in my lottery, and and I like I like the upside with him too. Although I have some concerns for how exactly that will be unlocked, and we'll get on that. We'll get to that in a second. A lot of that will unsurprisingly hinge on um, on on his shooting and finishing. Um, but you guys touched on a couple of these things, like his defense on the ball at the point of attack. He can he can be an elite on ball defender. I think he projects to be pretty good in that capacity. Like his feet are really really fast. He can move really really well laterally. Fluid hips. Some of his defensive possessions at Tennessee this season were were terrifying. Like the kind of defense where you're like I, I don't know how anyone could get around this guy. Um, certainly if he has a strength advantage over that person, which is that is something that. I think is one of the the little bits of a concern with him as like a defensive stopper type. Like I think he has a pretty good overall like center of gravity and in, in base. Like he sits in a stance, but he he's going to have to get stronger, and that'll be part of his development too. But if we're like like Spencer said, like you know if he's if you're using him as like a, a point guard stopper, then it's a little a little less of an issue. But but certainly you're wanting him to be able to scale up and scale down and, and guard a couple of different possessions. Overall, I think he projects pretty well uh, in that style. His athleticism, like. He is a violent athlete. He is a nuclear athlete, as uh, as Spencer would say. Like he has the Miles Bridges like vertical bounce, where he gets off the ground quickly, like not a lot of load time, and he gets to like the second level. There's like another like at some point his the pogo's the pogo sticks in his legs like hit a second jump halfway up, and he seems to just keep rising, and that led to some really really impressive finishes. 
as both offensive re- as, as offensive rebounder crashing the glass or as like an off ball cutter. Um, not to say that he is necessarily like a good offensive rebounder, but the, the highlights and the flashes were, were really good in that regard. And I still think in terms of his cutting, he has some, like he's gonna have to get better about like when to go, when not to go sort of like those decision-making patterns. But, but overall, like, you know, I think he gets his best looks in the half court come on these hard vertical or diagonal cuts getting to the rim and he played pretty well off guys like Jaden Springer this season. But then let's move to the shooting because there's a good bit of concern here. And this is what I really want to talk about. Like with Keon, it is hard to project or feel good about some of his sort of like more optimistic outcomes. I think unless there's like a significant jump in his shooting projection or profile, right? Like Richie said, his stats at the start, just 27% on threes, 70% at the line, only 2.8 three-point attempts per 40 minutes. You know, there's some versatility to his shot, like has a mid-range step back he can get to. Didn't see much of that. Uh, I still think that's sort of a notable shot from him from a versatility standpoint. Um, the one to two dribble pull up off a shot fake is probably one of his better looking shots, but I think he struggles to find rhythm with it. He gets the shot off quickly, but there's something about like he definitely shoots the ball. I feel like a kind of on the on the way down a little bit and just, I don't know, the timing seems a little, a little out of sync uh, between uh, lower body and, and upper body. And he has some really bad misses as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Like so Richie and I were texting about this the other day, just like sort of all over the place with, with some of his misses, uh, which is a concern as like an, if you're using that as an indicator, this isn't to say that like Keon Johnson can't become like, you know, an average, you know, catch and shoot guy or below a little below average. And if he does that, then that unlocks a lot of different stuff for him. But like, it's going to take some time and it's going to take, it might take years for him to, to get there. Uh, we'll see any, any other thoughts you guys wanted to mention on, on uh, Keon's shooting. Cause I also wanted to touch on some, like some of the on ball creation stuff as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
I think the point you made about his, his you know, one to two dribble pull-up shooting, PG, um, being pretty good. I think that's a good sign for him. You know, he's a very questionable three-point shooter, right? In the mechanics, you talked about the lower body and the upper body, which you can see in the film. But I think it is a good sign that, you know, when he gets that one or two dribble pull-up shot, it looks pretty comfortable. And he gets there rather easily when he wants to. Like, that, that to me, I kind of file that away as a positive indicator for what he projects long-term. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, with his athleticism and his lack of shot, and we, we, like I said, his, his misses are bad. Long, short, wherever. It, it, sometimes they just miss completely off the mark. Teams can and should sag, you know, because they're trying mm-hmm. to overcome his athletic burst, but, but also giving him the shot. So he's going to have to find something in between. I know he did a good job, uh, I, I believe, kind of in the post-up range as well. One thing I do mm-hmm. want to bring up, and maybe it will transition to what you're about to bring up, Brian, in terms of self-creation, he's a two-foot jumper, and that can sometimes be a hindrance to people's ability to finish at the rim. He only shot 57.6. Wait, I say only, but for someone of that explosiveness, mm-hmm. I thought it would have been higher. It yeah. just feels kind of like average for someone of him, of you know that stature and athletic build. Generally speaking, two-foot jumpers, you know, they, they have to slow down a little bit. And, and, you know, if you're for a one foot jumper, you can just do it all seamlessly. So there's got to be something offensively that he's got to turn to in the offensive side. That's why I kind of mentioned his cutting is probably where you'll see the immediate impact, but hopefully the mid range shot and, or the post up will come fairly soon as well. Yeah. Like you said, the, the number at the rim is like, it's like below 60%. Okay. Not great. 55% of those uh, field goal makes at the rim were unassisted, which is like, again, like not a great number, not like a killer or anything like that, but uh, you know, compare it with, well, you know, we'll talk about Scotty Barnes at some point on this podcast and like, you know, it, it, he had a much higher unassisted uh, uh, ratio at, at the rim. That's just sort of one example, but in terms of like the on ball creation stuff, just given his explosiveness, his quickness, I think it would have been nice to see him take advantage of even more sort of like uh, advantage creation situations, even if it led to him sort of forcing the issue, you know, getting a switch against a big guy, um, you know, with the ball, it'll take two dribbles of probing, but then a pass out. I would have liked to have seen him just sort of like bear down and, and, and go to the rim um, a little bit more. Now, that was made difficult by a couple of aspects, I think, of of Tennessee's offense. Like, one, Tennessee, not a ton of spacing, playing a lot of, like, two traditional big guys, um, not a ton of shooting on the court. But also, Tennessee, like, has these sort of, like, um, almost Villanova-style, like, drive post-ups, right? Like, drive, jump, jump stop, then post and sort of, like, look to initiate from there. Instead of just sort of like going all the way to the rim, and even if you take a bad shot or whatever, like just sort of doing that, like uh, I don't know, maybe that would have been uh, better from a development perspective. But you know, the restrictors will come off that a little bit, obviously, once he gets to, you know, the uh, the the NBA. And yeah, I just thought again, I sort of mentioned this earlier, but the struggles to find rhythm with the basketball. I just think he needs reps. He needs development. Certainly, if he landed in Charlotte, he wouldn't be asked to do a lot of on-ball creation right off the jump, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. there is LaMelo. There's probably, you know, there's certainly Miles Bridges. It's probably going to be 
Terry Rozier, likely to be, you know, one of Devontae Graham and or Malik Monk and Gordon Hayward and blah, blah, blah. I think some of his like indicators and passing is pretty good. Not like he's super advanced there, but hard shot fake into a drive, curl a down screen, like has some decent feel there. Covers a lot of ground on a pro hop or a jump stop, like no surprise given given his springs. Um, has a little bit of combo moves too. Um, not again, not much there, but he was sort of like the one guy. No, well, Jaden Springer really became the guy for them offensively in the half court, but but because of his uh, because of his creation and because of his athleticism, like Keon did become a guy that had to you know had to drum up offense for him. But there's just a lot to go in terms of development. If the shot like doesn't come online, you know, I don't know. Maybe he can find a spot as being like. Um, you know, there can still be a role for him because of the uh, the athleticism and the on-ball defense, but maybe you're looking more as sort of like the the non-gravity, you know, short-role playmaker type. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe that's something he can slide. Maybe that's like one of his potential um, development outcomes. But for right now, you got to hope that the, the shot comes online. That allows you to, to unlock even more of his athleticism on the um, the offensive end. But it, it really is contingent on the uh, the jumper getting a lot better. I do want to end with this, and at the 11th overall pick, there are, there are some people that I've seen that has Keon Johnson as high as like six on their big boards, and I've seen people have Keon Johnson lower than 11, so he's probably somewhere in between, and I think he would bring you know that versatility on defense that Charlotte desperately needs. Like He can play good on-ball defense. I've I've even seen him play good off-ball defense in terms of like helping, digging, and recovering, and he's got the long arms and explosiveness to contest, very active in navigating screens. And we saw Charlotte, you know, have to throw out some junk defenses last year and the struggles on that end of the court. So in terms of his fit with Charlotte, defensively, offensively, Spencer, I'm going to throw it to you first. How do you think – well, two questions for you. How do you think he fits within Charlotte's rotation – play style, but also number two, would you draft him at number 11? Yeah, I mean, I think the fit with Charlotte is is interesting. I, I'm kind of down the middle on how I feel about it. I, I like it for the same reasons that I kind of like Davion Mitchell's fit in Charlotte because I think, you know, defensively he brings enough – he brings enough with what Charlotte already has personnel-wise that makes the, the lineup, especially the small ball lineups, a little bit more versatile defensively, you know. Um, he's going to be your own primary on-ball defender. He, you know, he helps to move Lamelo other places. Um, you know, I like what Brian mentioned about, you know, his maybe there's something to tap into. It's kind of a, uh, you know, a non-gravity wing. You know, a short roll playmaker. Like you've already seen Charlotte do a lot of that kind of stuff. That that could be a plug-and-play role um, for Keanu Johnson in, in certain minutes every game. Um, but you know, offensively. He's not going to start day one. He's going to come off the bench. What is his role going to be offensively? Who is he going to be playing with? Like, there are a lot of questions there where I'm not, like, I'm not totally sure that Charlotte is the right place for him. But again, like I said, like, I do feel like there's really some, some significant upside. They can't be ignored with Keon Johnson. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're Charlotte at 11 and you're sitting there and let's just, you know, play a hypothetical game and like the top two guys that you really, really like aren't there and Johnson still is, he's probably going to be one of the more high upside guys left on the board. And I think it would be okay if Charlotte went ahead and decided that they'd like to take him 11, especially if, if maybe a Malik Monk is walking in free agency, you know, he can kind of assume 
a similar kind of role. Now, now they're very different players, but I think he can kind of assume that role, and Charlotte can really focus on developing his offensive potential. So it probably wouldn't be my favorite pick for the Hornets fit-wise, but I also wouldn't be super upset with it. I think there, I think there are some, some skill and utility fit on day one on the roster, specifically defense. Yeah, that's the feeling that I have with him. I, I wouldn't be like totally excited with the pick, but I understand it's a high upside pick, and he also brings something on the defensive side of the court with his lateral quickness and beating ball handlers to the spot, something that's really needed for Charlotte. Offensively, to me, he's going to have to be a low-usage guy on this roster to start off with in terms of where he would fit within the Hayward, Washington, Bridges rotation. It, it's kind of hard to see where he gets significant minutes. I, I just don't know where he's plugged and played because he is somebody that's so limited offensively in terms of his role. And maybe I'm overstating that. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of uncertain on how well he would fit with Charlotte. But obviously, his defense is going to go a long way for this team. And and if the Hornets do draft him, I, I can see why they would. BG, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean to to your point to y'all's point on on fit with Charlotte, I think he would end up serving like the almost like the the spark plug role like Cody and Caleb Martin do, right? Yeah. But he's a lot younger than those guys. And you know, those guys are heading into their the last year of their rookie contract and I, I unfortunately, I, mean, I, I really liked Cody during his rookie season and, and in year two was, was sort of a lost year for him because the jumper, you know, just has never come online with him. And so that, that sort of gets back to some of the concern with Keon. But of course, Keon Johnson is, you know, five, six years younger than 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 the Martin twins. Um, but I think he would I think he would sort of function in, in, in that type of role unless the, the jump shot really makes a leap, which like there's a non-zero chance of that, right? Like maybe, you know, this happens. Some of these guys just make they get way, way better as shooters. Keon is not a safe bet for that to happen, but I don't think it's off the table. Um at eleven, he would not be my first pick, but I'm not opposed to it. It would sort of depend on who else whom else is still around, right? Um, you know, if, if somehow Scotty Barnes has like fallen to 11 and you take Keon Johnson over Scotty Barnes. And I think that's a, I think that's a mistake. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, but no, like I, for the most part, he's safe. I think starting around like 10 or is like when I would start to feel like kind of comfortable nine or 10 is like when I would start to feel kind of comfortable taking Keon. So I don't know. 11's in that range, but he makes sense to some extent with Charlotte because they need perimeter on ball defense. They need guys that can create, can, can, uh, can switch and can, uh, guard dribble penetration and, and help out and maybe, you know, be able to put LaMelo in off ball assignments so that he can look to get steals and get into transition. And then, you know, some of Keon's like Keon's transition numbers were not great, but like the highlight flashes in transition were pretty awesome. Like when he's got a runway, um, I think those were some of his like best moments of body control, you know, moving the ball around in the air for finishes and just two, two numbers, two, three numbers to read off real quickly with Keon uh, as a pick and roll uh, creator this season, just 0.57 points per possession, uh, just 26% shooting on those looks, but only 37%, uh, only 37 total possessions in isolation, uh, 0.71 points per possession, uh, a little under 46% shooting only 28 possession types um, and on spot ups 0.88 points per possession on 47% uh, effective shooting. So, uh, and that was like, that was his most used half court possession type was the, uh, the spot up. Just wanted to get those numbers in there at the, at the end here. Spencer, do you have any final thoughts on Keon Johnson before we wrap here? No, no, I think I've, I've pretty much mentioned everything. Um, yeah. I would just echo that 
what you guys said. Not first choice at 11, but I think there's some real, real upside with Keon. So I could see the back, the immediate backlash from Hornets fans. Uh, <laughs> but just kind of want to nail the point home that, that there's there's really no other athlete like this guy in the draft. And to Brian's point, if, if some of these offensive skills, specifically shooting, do come online, like there's a chance we could look back, a real chance we could look back, and Keon Johnson could have been you know, one of the five, six best players in this draft. So that's important to remember with them, I think. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another Buzz Beat. Uh, we didn't dig too deep into Keon Johnson, but we thought we hit the high points. And, and like I mentioned, if you're listening to this on the audio version, there is a video version. Just go to the link in our episode notes, uh, and we will see you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.